This is Rugger Matrix episode 154, Rugger Matrix 2.0, The Reboot Show. We are back and we are HD. This is the world's most quoted rugby podcast, rebooted for web TV. This week we speak with new Waratahs coach Michael Checker. Um, I want to make sure that I repay you know, everyone involved by giving the best I can to the team. Wallabies Pat McKay, Ben Robinson and Brett Sheehan ahead of their match against South Africa. <laughs> we love Rugger Matrix getting on there. And we cross to Brumby's captain Ben Moen. No, no, look, we've, we've definitely focused on it. As always, Rugger Matrix is brought to you by Strike. Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, sat-nav devices and reversing cameras. Get 10% off when you use the code RUGGERMATRIX on checkout. Hello and welcome to the program. It's great to be back and we've undergone some major changes. And yes, sorry we haven't been around for a while, but uh, we're going to make sure that we're around for a lot longer by instituting a new policy. And that is we'll be out every two weeks now, so twice a month Rugger Matrix, and we'll have a number of feature interviews and regular segments to show you over the coming weeks and the months as we head into the next World Cup at least. Uh, the reason that we made this change is to make sure we get to you a regular hit time, and that's every Tuesday night, and that will ensure we'll have a better program for you. So every two weeks, and we are looking forward to bringing you a better product over the coming weeks, months, and years, and whatever, however long Mark Cashman's got left. As I say, good day to you, Cash Cow. Good to have you on the brand new set. Brock, listen, I've got the website up on the new Mac, and uh, mate, I, I can see that tie that you tied for episode 153. So that's probably another reason why we've uh, been so long <laughs> off the air, because you've been learning how to tie a tie properly. Mate, who taught you to do that? You obviously didn't go to a Christian Brothers school with that uh, that little number you've got on uh, on your neck there. Well, hence I don't have a tie tonight, mate. But, uh, yes, uh, there are little tricks. Clip-ons are so hard to get these days, cash cow. The old Windsor knot at a good school. You can't go past that education. Cash cow, I think that's about all you were educated on as you were a youngster. But, uh, look, i just briefly explain what we're on about at the moment. Uh, we're making this change to make sure that uh, we are consistently delivering a good show. And I think, Casho, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because we, we have a difficult job here, and uh, that is, firstly, to find time to do the program. But secondly, it's, it's arranging our talent all over the world, which is not easy to do. And uh, we're also adding video to that, so that makes it difficult. We have to do the video show. It's the way things are going now. I know we have our vast army of listeners out there, and that won't change. You'll still hear the audio. In fact, the audio will come to you first. If you're an audio listener only, you will always get the audio before the video goes online. So make sure you keep uh, tuning in via iTunes or whatever system you subscribe. But Casho, it's all about making sure we deliver uh, regularly every Tuesday night, and that is uh, Sydney time, so you'll also get that Tuesday in the Northern Hemisphere, GMT, if you're on uh, the uh, London time zone, uh, or in Dublin, you'll get it around, uh, around the same time in uh, that part of the world. That's right, Brock. Lots of good stuff to come. Listen, uh, 
you know, we've got the uh, the tail end of the rugby championship coming up. The the start of the all the uh, all the premierships in the uh, in the northern hemisphere. Lots of Heineken Cup and uh, all the toing and froing with TV rights over there. We'll have some analysis of all all that sort of stuff in uh, in sort of coming weeks. But uh, one, as you said, one of the important things is to get out there, speak to the players, speak to the uh, speak to the big dogs in the game, and uh, that's that's what we'll be attempting to do, and that's what we'll do with this episode. All right, so we're going to set up a few of our, uh, I guess, uh, platforms going forward. And one of the important things is we're going to get out and about and speak to people as well. It won't be just uh, hinging on crossing live to them within the recording of, of the program. So I think the big news uh, in the Southern Hemisphere over recent weeks, which has also been of great interest in the Northern Hemisphere, Kasha, has been the signing of the New South Wales Waratahs of the former Leinster uh, Heineken Cup winning coach, Michael Checker, the man from Randwick, who went to start Francais, went his separate ways there with the uh, club, just like you and McKenzie. He's just been signed to the Waratahs last week. And Casho, we're going to hear from him first up before we hear from the rest of the uh, talent on our program. But uh, very important signing for the Waratahs. They've been languishing, haven't had much leadership from the top down, but now they've got a man who means business and he doesn't tolerate fools. That's uh, certainly right, Bronk. You, you could. Uh, we both attended the uh, the press conference announcement in Sydney during the week, and uh, listen, uh, uh, Chairman Roger Davis described him as an agent of change. So uh, I think he's been given carte blanche to uh, get get the ship in order, and I think it probably did need a, a major shake-up, really, Bronk, didn't it? And uh, listen, he's the man to do it. He's uh, he's had about four days here in Sydney. He's uh, he's flown back to uh, to Paris to uh, pack up a few things and sort of head over. I think I think the family are going to follow uh, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two, um, you know, probably before Christmas, to uh, head back to uh, hometown Sydney from Paris. But uh, listen, an agent of change, and I think it's going to be a good thing for the Waratahs. All right, so without further ado, let's uh, head to that interview now. And Casho, uh, you had a chance to speak to him, so uh, I was really impressed with this interview, and uh, it was very well shot by myself, of course. <laughs> and uh, we're going to pick it up with Mark Cashman firing the questions at the Waratahs' new coach, Michael Checker. A lot of people say it's a, uh, a grand opportunity or a, or a poison chalice. What are your thoughts on that one? No, I'm not, I'm not big on the poison chalice idea, you know what I mean? I think that... Um, you, you make of opportunities what you what you will, you know what I mean? And I, what I can bring and the energy I can bring, the enthusiasm and the qualities that I can try to bring, you know, and deliver to the team will decide how we go, you know. I think that it starts with me and my work ethic and my attitude and what I can, you know, uh, give to the other guys around the place um, to feed off and then build it from there. And, you know, sometimes it starts at humble beginnings, but once you get on a roll, it's... it's um, it's unstoppable sometimes. I've been a part of things that have happened like that. So, you know, there's a, a balance that we have to find between professionalism and, and passion and old school, but together I'm pretty sure we'll find it. Head coach of the Waratahs, was it, was it always a goal of yours? No, not really. I'm not one of those goal guys, you know, who says, oh, I want to go and coach this team or be... I see the, the opportunity of being a head coach in rugby as a as a bonus, you know. I don't see it as a job. I think it's a... We're so lucky to be able to do it, you know, and it's up to me to to give it my absolute best in, in return. You know, it's a great opportunity for me here, and um, I want to make sure that I repay 
you know, everyone involved by giving the best I can to the team. Your experiences at Leinster uh, in France as well, uh, you know, what are you going to bring from Europe that's, uh, uh, that's going to work for the Waratahs in 2013? Yeah, I think there's, some, there's definitely some technical qualities that, that can be brought to, to merge with the Southern Hemisphere game because they are slightly different sports, you know, sometimes. Uh, depending on the climatic conditions, they can be very different, you know. Um, I think also the management of the longer season. Now the season here is becoming for, for the guys who are playing Wallaby rugby, the guys becoming the, the season's becoming 11 month long, just as it is in Europe. Where probably they don't have the experience of dealing with that here. So hopefully I can bring something as far as the pre preparation of the players and you know the organisation as a whole to deal with 11 months of, of playing rugby, you know, and uh, and getting the peak performance out of them when necessary. It, um, you know, I think that that experience will will keep me in good stead for what I'm going to encounter here. Uh, Jake White from the Brumbies, the uh, head coach of the Brumbies during 2012 said, uh, well for a variety of reasons the, uh, the Waratahs weren't as fit as them and that's, uh, that gave him some sort of confidence. Uh, is pre-season about tipping a lot of work into these guys? Oh, I think regardless of what other coaches say, you know, that's always, pre-season's always about working hard, you know, not just physically but mentally. Where can we go, you know, what can we do? Also from a skill point of view, you know, I think if we want to play a certain type of game, we've got to have the skills to deliver it. So, yeah, we're going to do some, some we're going to make some big efforts and we're going to make some sacrifices and, um, and that's part of what you have to do to actually get the scars maybe to, to go on and be successful. You need to have that. So I think it's, it's a pretty normal part of our preparation is to, is to test ourselves to the maximum uh, in, in the pre-season so that we're ready for the battle ahead. Winning with uh, some style, winning and winning with style is very important in the Sydney market, particularly with uh, Rugby League, AFL, Sydney FC. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the style that TARS in 2013 are going to bring to the table? Well, obviously, I think I come from a heritage of, of attacking rugby. That's the way that I was brought up playing. and. Um, I, in my coaching experience, it's something that I've tried to do as well. You know, we were talking about it before, sometimes to our own detriment, because in early days we maybe got into a cycle of uh, you score one and we'll score two. But I think um, that I can't get away from that. That's the way I like to play. And I think that uh, I know that in the big games you need to score, you need to score tries, you need to you need to make sure that you've got a game that's going to threaten the opposition and that they're worried about it perhaps even before the game because they know you can play that way. It's a bit of a weapon that as well. But we need to, to work hard on our skill levels if we're going to deliver that type of game so that it's regular, 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 not just a one-off. You know, and obviously, in saying that, we never discount you know, the greatest insurance of all, which is defence. You know? It shows a lot about the character of our team and, and the, the character of the individual in defending, you know, it's not probably a high skill thing, it's more an attitude uh, part of the game, so we've got to have the balance in the two. Your, uh, your roster for 2013, pretty much settled, uh, experienced, and uh, uh, what are your thoughts about, uh, about, the, about the players you'll be working with? Yeah, I think that um, there's a good balance of experience. Maybe some players, a few experienced players have left now in, in say, Daniel Vickerman and, and Rocky and, uh, and Dean Marm, guys like that. So there's the next, another level of player have to take that experience. You know, obviously Ben, 
is still here and uh, Wycliffe's played a lot of rugby and uh, you know, I see guys like Dave Dennis coming through and taking a bit more of that role as he comes more acclimatised into international football as well and then there's opportunities for young guys everywhere as well coming through so I think that there's a good balance in the squad. I don't know them intimately, you know, I don't know what they're like off the field and they're so, like what their characters are yet as far as I know what they can sort of bring from playing but I don't know them in that way as yet so once I get to know what their sort of off-field profiles like or what their character profiles are like as well we can really start to look at how we blend the squad together. Because it has been the best part of five years away. Yeah more eight, eight in this stint you know so it's been a long time and I, I wouldn't know many of the players from uh, you know to uh, like meeting I wouldn't have known, I may, may know sort of Drew Mitchell or, or Ashley Cooper, I've met them a couple of times you know um, but I don't know many of the players sort of so that, that can be a positive too because you know it gives me a clean slate with everyone you know and uh, I think yeah, as long as we're really clear on how um, what what's expected of them you know and, and that they're part of that that they understand that and they want to be a part of that then you know it's going to be a great year. Some media speculation about Rocky Elson having a having a role over the weekend. Uh, uh, you across any of that? Well, I've been asked about it by everyone so far today. It's uh, look, obviously, I, I know Rocky well, and you know, I actually met up with him last week. In, in, he was in Paris with his mum and his niece. We had dinner together, and uh, I think the key thing for Rocky is about getting himself right. He's, he's injured, you know, and he needs to to get himself fit and healthy and, and, and get back to playing as best he can, you know. So the talk of him coming to play here is, is, is not right because he's not fit. He needs to get fit. Uh, your back room's obviously got to be organised, uh, tweaked probably to your to your sort of liking because you're, you're, you're with them 24-7 during the, during the footy season. Uh, has that begun? It'll begin today, yeah. I've just got, I got in last night, so this is the first thing I've done. And now, you know, in the in the upcoming days while I'm here, I'll talk to all the staff. I've also got a structure in mind. We've got to listen and hear. I don't know any, like the coaches. I've worked with, with Alan before, the other two guys, uh, Scott and Greg. I've got to hear what they, you know, what they've got as far as what their ideas are and their philosophy on the game and the, the fitness coaches and everything because we've all got to merge together, you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's not worth it. We've all got to be on the same page and understanding the same thing. So I think it's about uh, talking to uh, everyone within the staff, making sure that everyone in the playing staff and everyone outside of that understands what each person's in charge of and what their objective is from their role that when it's given. So. Once we're all clear in our roles, it's a bit easier that way. So I'll, I'll be doing that over the next few days and, and come up with a timetable pretty quickly because I feel for a lot of the people because they have been in limbo for a fair while, you know, so it's, we've got to put some, some quick decisions into place about the structure. 12 months' time, what would you like to be talking about? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. I think that uh, uh, we can talk about a lot of things. It's more about what we do, you know, and over the next 12 months, what we've got to be doing is given our best to make sure that we show a face that people are proud to be a part of. And with that, I know that sounds a bit corny, so don't get me wrong, right? With that, that means that we're going to have some performances that people will like to be, like, will like us the look of, that we're showing an honesty and a commitment that people will like to be a part of. And then we might start earning the right to get a bit of luck or a bounce of the ball, win a few more games, maybe get up to the top somewhere and see how we go. I'm a pretty competitive person, so I can't be going in with um, 
thinking, oh, well, we'll finish fifth this year or finish fourth this year. You know, there's only one place where everyone wants to finish. If, if anyone thinks any different, they're lying. So you'd like to walk before you can run? Oh, well, I think, I think we just need to be prepared, you know. No cliches. Work hard. Get ready for the type of game. Like, do it properly. You know, be organised, be coherent so that everyone understands what's happening in the place. Everyone's on the same page and that develops a power of its own. And hopefully that that energy, that power will then lead into the matches and that's all about, that's what the timing of putting one of these professional teams together. It's about getting all those little parts right to make sure that uh, on game day we're ready to go. Michael, best of luck. Thank you. So there he is, Michael Checker, a big smile at the end, Casho. Uh, really pleasant chat. And the first question, we didn't quite uh, have time to slot it in, uh, but uh, he did speak about having learnt lessons uh, from his time in Paris, that experience he hadn't had before and how to deal with people, staff members, uh, members of the uh, hierarchy. And that's also invaluable heading to New South Wales because I think Stade Francais is a bit like the Waratahs. Yeah, listen, uh, many similarities there. You know, they're obviously in a big city. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're one of the big dogs uh, in town in a highly competitive environment there, Paris and all, all that sort of stuff. But uh, listen, Czech is, uh, as, as I mentioned before, Czech is the man for the job. And I think he's, uh, he's shown in his time, uh, the five years at Leinster, uh, a growing maturity and also uh, an ability to uh, to get the job done, and an ability also to make the hard calls. He doesn't he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, run away from all those things, and I think that's uh, that's that's going to be great for the Waratahs. And if there's another successful province uh, here in Australia, that's going to be good for uh, for Wallaby Rugby, Bronk. Absolutely. So the Four Nations Championship continues this weekend. Uh, we will talk about all things uh, club rugby and provincial rugby in the northern hemisphere in the northern hemisphere in the coming weeks but in the meantime uh, it's the rugby championship we're dealing with uh, the all blacks have been all conquering so far haven't they casho and uh, it looks like that uh, you know the world cha- the world champions uh, will be the rugby championship champions for the first year out yeah, very much so, Bronk, and it's uh, probably probably harks back to uh, 1988 after that uh, uh, that All Black side won uh, won the first Rugby World Cup in New Zealand in 1987. They they took all before them for the next 12 or 18 months, and I think this All Black side has the capacity to do that. You know, you know, there's uh, a mixture of great experience there. Uh, there's uh, there's a bit of freshness there uh, in people like Aaron Smith and some of those other guys there. But uh, listen, they just know how to win Test rugby, and uh, you know, Kieran Reid I think's uh, probably pretty close to the best rugby player in the world at this particular point in time. Listen, he's uh, he's he's making a great fist of uh, number eight at, at the back of the uh, the All Black scrum and doing very well and making uh, Richie McCaw's job just that little bit easier. Well, the Wallabies have had their problems, a lot of injury issues for them, but you can't use that as an excuse. Uh, you have to p- put a team on the paddock each week, and the history books don't record the fact when they put the scores in the annals that uh, you had a few injuries. You need to be able to perform each time, but they have been quite severe. One of the great impressive characters of the side is a guy called Pat McCabe. He's an outstanding inside centre, and what I really like about him, Cash Cow, before we hear from him, 
as the, the Wallabies head to South Africa, is he runs a great line. And he's the big difference to the Wallabies side that they, uh, they need to perform well because he just gives them that extra penetration and he keeps the defensive lines guessing with the way he runs the ball. Just an outstanding running player and the lines are exceptional. Yeah, listen, that try he scored against uh, against Argentina and the Springboks uh, in recent weeks showed just exactly what uh, what you were saying there. Runs some great lines and he's, he's a perfect foil for uh, for a fly half of the likes of Quade Cooper or uh, or, or even Kirtley Beale, who's uh, probably looming as the uh, the fly half that will take on South Africa at Loftus Versefield in the next uh, week or so. So, uh, yeah, listen, he's a, he's a point of difference there in the midfield and that's... Uh, that's one of the things that uh, Robbie's been uh, been working to uh, to uh, to to get on the field at this particular point in time. But listen, Brock, I don't know if I've ever seen a, uh, a an injury list or a team rehab as extensive as this Wallaby side. Listen, there's probably three or four well fifteen players there from an Australian point of view who are on the sideline with long term injuries. That's absolutely true, but uh, you still have to play test matches. And uh, I don't think the guys want to make any excuses. And that's what they're not going to do as they head to South Africa. Uh, they are in South Africa as we speak. But before they left, I managed to go to the airport and see off a few of the fellas uh, before we have our special interview with our dynamic duo coming up. Let's hear from Pat McCabe, who is looking forward to taking on the South Africans this weekend. It's a great place to travel and uh, it's an exciting challenge for us. They're an extremely uh, hard team to beat over there, so yeah, it's a great challenge. How are you feeling after getting back on the horse last week against Argentina? Yeah, personally I was, I was pretty sore after it. It's my first game in six weeks, so it's always always tough the first one. But um, yeah, physically feeling good now and ready to go. And I think the team's really excited, I think, to come off two um, not great wins, but tight wins and, and ones that we had to get were... Is, um, will hopefully give us a lot of confidence. Are you hoping to, it's frustrating obviously with injuries and you've had one as well, but just to bid down that combination in midfield for fly half to, to inside to outside, uh, is that frustrating at the moment for the boys? Uh, definitely, I think, with, I think with time together and with combination comes trust and things like that which uh, are pretty important if you're going to play your best rugby, but um, no, with, with the guys we've got there, we've, we've spent enough time together now for playing with the Wallabies and different teams and, and just training together that um, things should, should click in hopefully pretty quickly. It seems pretty, Robbie said it's pretty obvious what will happen you know, with Berwick probably coming back to 10. Uh, uh, is that combination something that's very familiar? Obviously the June series was good? Yeah, definitely. During June it felt pretty comfortable with Bunsy there. He was in outstanding form and um, he's just a good guy to play with. He's a, a good talker and someone who's just a, a great competitor. So um, yeah, if, if Bunsy's at 10 then, then that'll work well. Uh, the other thing too, uh, good confidence boost for Kirtley. Took the kick the other day. I know it was wasn't gameplay, but those sort of things in the back of your mind is a nice little boost, aren't they? Yeah, certainly that was a, a huge play for the team. I think to get them outside a, a penalty goal or a field goal made a, a huge difference for us. And um, yeah, Kirtley will um, will play well. I think I remember the last my first tour of Africa, he kicked the winning goal over in Bloemfontein on the high felt. So um, he likes playing over there, and, and he'll be great. Cheers, thank you. There is Casho, Pat McCabe, uh, tremendous fellow, and uh, good to see him back on the track. Uh, just a wonderful guy, and I'm, I'm so happy he's doing so well. Yeah, listen, he, uh, he came from a school that uh, probably wasn't renowned for its uh, for its rugby program, so at Aloysius College in Sydney, a Jesuit college here. Very small and place, very tiny. 
very tiny school, but uh, listen, he's uh, he's sort of come through there. And there's a, there's another guy there who's uh, who has been in the Wallaby squad early this year, and will more than likely be the the Waratahs uh, fly half next year, Bernard Foley. So listen, it's uh, it's a small school, but it's producing some uh, some really good sort of players over the past couple of years. And another point, Bronk, is that uh, Pat McCabe is a good girlfriend of my wife's nephew. So there you go. Our other two guests from the airport departure lounge the other day from check-in, and uh, it's a couple of great friends of ours. One guy I haven't spoken to for a long time, and it's the two Wallabies, Ben the Cat Robinson and Brett the Man Sheehan. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, Shen and I have uh, got a long history with each other. Um, both played our first test match together in the same game over in South Africa, so it's good to have the uh, the old salty dog back. <laughs> South Africa. You love touring South Africa, don't you, Brett? Yeah, it's great. The culture there is amazing. Um, not, not bad on the, the eye candy as well. So, And, uh, you know, Cat gets to do some fine dining in the restaurants, so his uh, specialty is definitely the meat. Are you surprised to see this bloke back in the team, Kat? No, not at all. Look at his performance over the last few years. He's really been uh, been putting it up there for the force. Um, you know, I think player in the nine position has to have a certain amount of physicality about him, and Shino's definitely a physical player. Um, and uh, I think it's just a recognition of his of his talent that he's, he's brought back into the side again. The good thing is that uh, this side's produced a couple of tight wins. You were part of it last week, and. Uh, You've seen a lot of teams. What's the spirit like in this side, Brett? Yeah, yeah obviously they're, they're building again and, it's, um, you know, we've had a few injuries with, with key players and it's been um, obviously a hard road, but um, the, the boys are putting in on the training field and I think they showed you their character last week, um, or the, the team's character last week when, you know, they came back from, you know, 19 points, 19 to 6 down and uh, to get the lead in the end and win the game was, it was, it was a great experience. Do you guys put put much stock in the world rankings because you know Australia had been number two for a while? How important is it to make sure that you finish this uh, Four Nations or the Rugby Championship right on the heels of the All Blacks? I think you um, you always have that in the back of your mind. Um, I think with the World Cup draw coming out at the end of the year, um, it's very important to have a high ranking there. Um, so, but uh, you know, I think you know this Rugby Championship. You know, we still got a chance of and uh, having a good win, having a good crack at this. Um, you know, depending on results, but I think all we can do is get out there and, and get the win up in Pretoria. You both have uh, new sort of coaches at your various provinces. So, first all, Ben Robinson, Michael Checker in command. Have you texted him yet to wash his car or get him a coffee? He loves a coffee. Uh, no, I'll, I'll sit down and have a coffee with him soon. I caught up and said hello to um, Michael yesterday um, when the announcement came through, um, but uh, no, not as yet. Yeah, you should have played for uh, Randwick, mate. Strong Eastman boy I am. I'm very happy there. <laughs> and Brett, uh, Michael Foley over there. I'm sure all the Waratahs uh, uh, players have sent him great congratulatory Texas, text messages. But how's he settling in? Yeah, no, it's, he's been good. Um, you know, I've pointed out all the kebab shops for him. He <laughs> loves a kebab there. Um, no, he's, uh, he's, he's, doing, he's done wonders already. He's uh, got the, you know, the plans and the wheels in motion there. And the boys uh, seem to be really happy over there. All right, how do you win at altitude? It's always a difficult thing. It's happened recently, obviously, with Kirtley's great kick. But what's the key to it? I mean, you go all day, you've got a big engine. What's, yeah, the, what's gonna, the secret? I was going to say, Kirtley Bill knocking in three points over from 50 out. Um, I don't know. I think the last few times we've played over there, we've been quite successful. Um, the first game before that Bloemfontein game, 
um, a few years ago. We had a, a solid game. We were up for most of the game, then we let them in. Um, but I think it's putting on that 80-minute 80, 80 performance. I know it's quite cliche to say that, but um, you know they're a great side. You know, they've got some good new, new players coming through who can finish off a game pretty well. So it's putting them to the sword. I guess you're wishing that uh, you know the bench gets a full run, and if you're playing in a in a really good 22-man squad, you need to be able to use your 22 in a game like this, don't you? Oh yeah, certainly. Um, you know, if, if if the bench is used well, then you know the, the team goes well. Um, it's uh, it, it, talking about the attitude. You have to you have to put that at the back of your mind. It's uh, one of those things. I think a lot of teams get spooked by it because there's a lot of talk around it when you go there first. Um, you know, when you when you put it to the back of your mind and you just get on with playing rugby, then it's uh, you should be fine. It's a stopover to Argentina, of course. That's how some bikes might be looking at it. Uh, how excited are you guys to have Argentina part of the championship? Yeah, very excited. I think if you look at the game at the Gold Coast, they're a very brash outfit, um, very physical side that, you know, they love their footy. Um, you know, it's a different style of rugby to, you know, say the New Zealanders or the South Africans. So it's a, it's a unique challenge in itself. But, you know, we all like touring. We all love, um, you know, going to new places. So, yeah, no, like, I think everyone's pretty excited to get over, um, you know, firstly to play in Pretoria, then, then to get over to Rosario. Um, a great place to tour. Um, I think the forwards love their meat, so it'll be uh, interesting times ahead. But uh, Argentina, we talked about, like, the Waratahs went in 05. That was a great moment for the Waratahs squad. Uh, you know, the Australians had some tough wins over there. I was talking to someone else the other day about you can never win when it comes to Argentina. Australia's never put them to the sword. Why are they so difficult to play against? I'll start with you, Brett. I just think they're, uh, you know, they're, they're a bit of an unknown entity. Um, they're, you know, physical. They're, they're always on the ball. They're an extremely passionate team. Um, and when you get teams like that, they're, they're always hard to beat. Or, you know, you can't put teams to the sword like that. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I feel, you know, you, you rock up and you do all the, all the work you can in training, but it's a different game when you get out there and um, on the field. And to sort it out, I've lost it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was out to try to cut you off there, Sheena. There's no editing in this. Well, I think There'll be some editing. With the Argentinians, a lot of their players play in you know, the French League as well, so that's a very physical outfit. Um, you know, look at the amount of turnovers they're having, turnovers they're having on the ball. Um, you know, and it's a high, high rate of turnovers. So I think that in itself presents a, a different challenge for us, but I'll finish that one off for, for Burr. Thank you. <laughs> A question to both of you about the first half starts, uh, the last couple. You made it hard for yourselves. Great courage in the second half to win these test matches. But it would be a lot easier if you got off to a better start, yeah? Yeah, we're making it very difficult for ourselves. Um, you know, but if we start like that and get the win all the time, then I think we'll be, be happy all the time. But, um, yeah, look, I think it's, a, it's an area of the game that, um, you know, we're looking at. Um, it's an area that we, we definitely need to pick up. Um, it would be nice to start a game and, and really put a team to the sword, as you say, and, and you know, finish them off and... I suppose um, demoralise and and uh, and hurt get them. The front foot. Get on the front foot. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's an area where, where you like to pick up. But you know, I think a team that comes really hard home in the second half shows a lot of courage, shows the depth of the side. Um, you know, as Brett said before, you use a, the bench effectively and you get some good results out of it. And, and Brett, uh, the thing about South Africa is that I guess you have to be aggressive but you can get caught up if you try to be overly physical with these guys because they love that sort of contest. Uh, is it about being smarter? Yeah, certainly. You know, all rugby is about being smart. Um, you know, they, they come out and do the bash and barge and, you know, bully, try to bully teams. Um, if you can match the, you know, if you can kind of beat down the bully and match it, then you kind of get on, you can try and get on top of that. Um, yeah, but in saying that, you can get carried away and I've, you know, personally... 
personally I've uh, done that in the past, but uh, I think I think I've uh, grown up a little bit. But um, soft these days. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it must be the age, mate. Thirty-three. <laughs> trying to preserve. No, nah, plenty of hair. Plenty. His hair. Yeah, he's a cat. Don't throw <laughs> stones, buddy. <laughs> no, we're uh, yeah, but mate, yeah, you can get carried away, but you've just got to keep your wits about you and um, just try and match them physically. All right, Ben Robinson from the Tars and the Wallabies. Western Force and the Wallabies, Brett Sheehan. Good luck for the trip and let's hope you make it back safely from Argentina. I know it's going to be hard. Thanks, Thanks Lost. very much. We love Rugger <laughs> Matrix getting on there. Yep. I know, Shannon, it's been a while, mate, but I'm it's great work. I'm going to be uh, getting a, a guest uh, weekly spot. Cool. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin too. There's a scoop. Bitcoin here, Rugger Matrix. There's a scoop there, right there. <laughs> All right, boys. Well done. Thank Cheers, you very much. Mate. All right, Casho. What about that? Bit of a laugh for the two gents. Yeah, listen, uh, always good fun, those guys. And uh, uh, listen, great to see uh, Shino back in the uh, in the Wallaby system there. So uh, that was probably the last thing that he thought he'd uh, he'd be doing at this particular point in the year. But uh, anyway, listen, you uh, you take a test match uh, anywhere and any place you can get it. Uh, and uh, listen, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he forces his way into being the starting halfback uh, before the end of this rugby championship. But we'll see where that goes. Yeah, well, they've got uh, South Africa and Argentina to come, as we talked about at length there. And the other thing about Brett Sheen is he's so experienced he can slot in and take command straight away, kick goals as well, play 10 if he needs to. So... There's a lot of, um, you know, with the Wallabies problems at 10. I know uh, Beric Barnes is sick of it uh, because I asked him the other day about <laughs> playing 10. And, uh, you know, the Wallabies are they're doing their best. And I just hope they give uh, Kirtley Bill a bit of a break uh, and uh, and look to him to help out the side because with extra responsibility, I think Kirtley actually lifts to the occasion. So uh, that'll, that'll be quite good. So, Casho, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment as I bring in... A familiar face from the Brumbies, and it's their captain, Ben Moen, who is actually training really hard at the moment. And Ben, uh, thanks for joining us on uh, Rugger Matrix. Yeah, not a problem. Well, Ben, it's been a wonderful turnaround by the Brumbies this year. What's Jake White been like, and what's he done to maybe help your game? Uh, look, he's been outstanding from the start. Uh, he obviously had a very clear way that he wanted to go about setting up the program so that he could get what he needed out of the players. Uh, and to do that, he, he had to surround himself with the right staff. And I think, to his credit, he surrounded himself with guys who, who need to challenge him and add to that program. Um, and look, in terms of his personality, he's, he's an extremely relaxed guy. He, he's knowledgeable about the game of rugby and is uncompromising in what he expects from the players. But in and around training, he's, he's just a relaxed guy and I think He's someone who draws on those relationships he's got with these players to bring the best out of them. A lot of test action going on at the moment, but just bring us up to speed with what the Brumbies have been doing. Yeah, look, we're, we're right in the middle of our pre-season. Um, we'll have a break in October and then officially start our 2013 pre-season, but uh, not too dissimilar to what we did at this stage last year. Uh, we were in, based in, in Sydney doing camps and we felt that we got a lot of... Um, a good base out of those camps and we wanted to move forward with that and then we've been fortunate enough that everyone's now in Canberra this year that we can run our pre-season straight through to October so essentially we're getting an extra three months of training and extra three months of, of top-up work that we'd like to see uh, progress into our game next year so um, it's a crucial point uh, of difference for us. And one of those players training is Clyde Rathbone. Wonderful comeback, a wonderful story. And I've got to ask you, do you think he can make the comeback 
to the game he loves at the elite level. Yeah, look, it is an extremely good, good feel story about what Clyde's had to overcome and then to put himself in a position to be uh, in contention for, for contractual um, chance in a squad, let alone um, to then be contracted and performing like he's doing at training. And look, he, he's an extremely gifted athlete and still has all those attributes, which is very exciting. But um, look, he's not unlike a lot of the, the outside backs we've got in terms of their, their excellent trainers. Um, we've got a lot of skillful guys there with a lot of good top-end speed, so and we're, we're extremely proud of the guys that performed for us this year. But having uh, Clyde as an addition is just adding to that strength, but uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. You went so close to the finals this year. What's the analysis been like, or have you just moved on? No, no, look, we've, we've definitely focused on it. Um, there, was, there were so many positives to take out of, out of the year, but obviously coming into that Auckland game, uh, we really let ourselves down in terms of our performance that night. But in saying that, there's, there's probably three or four moments throughout the year that if we had over again, we'd like to do them differently. And look, that's, that's, that comes with being a young side. Um, ideally, we'd like to have played finals football last year and then been moving straight back into finals football this year, but that wasn't to be the case. But our ambitions are still the same as they were last year, and that's to put ourselves in the best position to win it. Well, what has to change now for the Brumbies? I mean, injuries really hurt you this year, especially at fly half. So I guess you'll be in a better position for that next year, and you're going to have one of the Australian captains joining you next season as well. Yeah, look, injuries are just part and parcel. I don't think we'll have a year where injuries don't play a big role in, in how the year pans out. And I think all sides go through their, their periods with injuries. Um, but in saying that, look, it exposed... Uh, really good depth for us, particularly in the 10 jersey and and our, our support play in around that with our 9s and, and 12s. Um, but look, the most exciting thing for us is it, it's, it was a young group coming into this year um, with little to no experience in Super Rugby terms. We had 16 guys to boo for the Brumbies this year. Um, so that's just an exciting time to be part of the Brumbies in, in, in terms of how well we did this year off no base. Uh, we believe if we work hard, um, you know, we can set ourselves up for next year and then you look at the the additions of guys like Pocock who are coming into this group, that's going to be a huge benefit to us. Well, has the playbook changed for the Brumbies? I mean, in past years, you used to retain the football, recycle the football and wear teams down. What can we expect next season? Yeah, look, I think in year one, we played the, the style of game that, that suited the, the group and the experience that we had throughout the group. It was probably not the youngest squad uh, in Super Rugby, but it was definitely the most inexperienced. So we had to play a, a very heavy um, territory game. We had to put ourselves in position to take points, and when that was an offer, just just take the points and reevaluate how we're going. I think, look, as we, we develop more combination, as we develop more experience um, out of this year and through this next pre-season, I think we will go back to playing uh, a more traditional style of Brumby play. Um, but we've still got to have that discipline that I think Jake's introduced this year and allowed us to play so well. Okay, Ben, thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your training. When do you get a break, by the way? Uh, October will be a break, so counting down three weeks now. All right, straight down to the south coast. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ben. Ben Mowen, thanks for joining us from your headquarters today. Cheers, Jake. See you, mate. All right, there is Ben Mowen. Thank you very much for joining us uh, online from uh, the Brumbies base in Canberra. And they're really building. I was really impressed. I was down there recently to speak to Clyde Rathbone uh, in my uh, duties for Total Rugby, which um, have been really exciting, actually. And uh, 
I think they've got a really good setup there, Casho. Uh, with the uh, introduction of David Pocock, this team could do any sorts of damage, any sort of damage in season 2013. David Pocock obviously injured at the moment, Bronk, another Wallaby captain who's uh, who's sort of bitten to the dust. But uh, uh, from from what I hear, he's uh, he's actually moved to Canberra and he's, uh, he's he's sort of like settling in there. And I think he'll he'll be a very important part of uh, of that Brumbies outfit in uh, in 2013. So a lot of um, a lot of layers to what uh, what David wants to do in Canberra, not not only with uh, with his rugby, but also with uh, with, uh, with with his with his political life. And uh, David's a guy who who has a lot of causes there, uh, uh, you know, a lot of them being um, being helping uh, helping helping people back in his homeland of uh, Zimbabwe. So uh, he feels as though he can probably do that a bit more effectively by uh, by being based in Canberra and. Uh, Listen, is, uh, is, is he going to be another rugby politician? We'll just have to wait and see. We've got plenty of those. Uh, it is politics at its core, isn't it? Uh, yes. Casho, um, so we've covered a lot of stuff in the Southern Hemisphere, in particular with the Australian teams, but we'll be back on a global scale. Once again, we'll be back every two weeks to make sure that we have a quality program for you to see and we'll be out and about to do things. Uh, Les Kiss, of course, will be joining us. You and Mackenzie. Different role for Ewan now that uh, Richard Graham's at the Queensland Reds. And, of course, we'll be touching base uh, with Morgan Turanui uh, in the Northern Hemisphere as well uh, about uh, the top 14. And uh, when we talk to Les, obviously, about all things in Rabo, uh, the premiership in uh, the UK, uh, all those all those sorts of things as well. So, Mark Cashman, uh, it's been great to speak to you again. And as I said at the start of the show, this is a reboot, a relaunching of the program and we'll be having uh, many more uh, infield interviews as we go along. We're also looking to introduce a regular uh, segment with the refereeing decisions being so important in the game with a former world-class referee. Uh, we'll have more details that on that in the next program. And we've also refined the website to be completely about the podcast. And that's the same for the club rugby show as well. So that is all before us. Once again, apologies for not being on air for the recent uh, few weeks uh, because that uh, has been difficult for us to take as well, but we just needed to get things sorted. And now that we are sorted, we're going to be with you every two weeks and we'll be talking all things global game uh, because that's what we're all about here at Rugger Matrix Cash Cow. Absolutely, Bronk. It's uh, one of those times. Let's get it on, eh? Absolutely. All right, mate. I know you're going to Byron Bay. Enjoy with your lovely wife, Tony, and we'll speak to you in two weeks. Thanks, Bronk. Great to be on board once again. Reboot. Bring it on. Reboot, and it's a reboot, but once again, thanks to our sponsor, Strike. And if you want anything to do with hands-free kits for your car, your motorcycle, your Vespa, whatever, your skateboard, whatever needs a helmet, go to strike.com.au, enter the code RUGGERMATRIX, and you'll get... 10% 10% off. All right. That's it for our reboot program, episode 154. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll have more gold for you in the future. We'll speak to you very, very soon.